DeRozan trying to go top shelf. Eubanks is, oh, oh, oh finish it oh, and send me to the line. Go ahead and flex, Drew, it's okay. Pump that chest out. Leave it to Beaver. You see how he's walking toward half court? DeMar misses, and Drew said, here, let me show you how it's done. <laughs> oh, and I love the stare. <laughs> oh, Drew. I'm not it. This is At The Line. I'm Ty Yeager, and joining me today is going to be Nick Yarbrough and Mac Pena. But we have a very special guest. Drew Eubanks, Spurs forward, is joining us at the line today. And, man, this has been an interview we've been excited to do, and now we finally get to show you guys but this is a great episode. He talks a lot about his experience in the NBA and the G League, along with his pre-draft process, and a lot of stuff that you wouldn't expect NBA players to be doing off the court as well. So, man, if you guys are going to enjoy it as much as we did, but this is a great listen, and we are excited to give you a talk with Drew Eubanks. So I am happy to introduce that we have San Antonio Spurs forward, Number 14, Drew Eubanks with us today on At The Line. Drew, how are you doing this evening that we are recording on? I'm great. I'm good. I just got back from the gym, uh, just shooting and trying to get ready for next uh, next season. So uh, let's actually let's actually talk about that. So you, you're coming off your third season in the league, your first season off of a fully guaranteed contract. How, is, how has the experience been so far three years into the NBA? Uh, it's been good, man. Uh, you know, I've gotten gotten great experience, especially this last year. Is really, if you think about it, like my first year of actually playing and being like with the team consistently throughout the year. I know it was a a shortened season, but not by much. Um, and it, it it just felt great to be out there and really um, just like play play with the guys and not have to worry about am I going to be in San Antonio next week? Am I going to be in Austin the week after that? Um, and you know, all I try to do is just get better every year. And, um, I felt like last year was a great, I had, it had its moments where I struggled a little bit and then I had some, some good moments where I was, uh, playing really well. And, uh, I think I established myself and, um, was able to really put a foot, um, get a foothold down and understand how, how to win games and how to succeed. So uh, go on that message of what have you learned so far? Going compared to your time with Austin as on a, as a two way contract and then to the fully guarantee, what has been like some of the significant differences for you so far? Uh, generally, just the speed of the game. Like in the G League, um, you're I was able to pretty much not do what I wanted to, but um, get away with a lot of things that you're not necessarily able to get away with um, just because of how good the players are in the NBA. Uh, and you know, it's mainly, mainly just the speed of the game and, uh, mistakes. If you make a couple mistakes here and there in Austin, you know, it's not a, it sometimes it's not a big deal. They're usually easy to overcome, but it's a very, you, you, you damn near have to be perfect sometimes to win games in the NBA and, uh, attention to details, uh, probably the biggest thing that I need, I've, I've been working on and I need to continue to work on as I develop as a player. And what are, some the, what are some of the other things that you're working on so this offseason specifically? Uh, this offseason, uh, whether you like it or not, uh, I've been working, like, shooting. Uh, I've gotten, I think, we, we had a back-to-back in Utah uh, towards the end of the season. 
And that's where I got like the green light from the coaches, you know, shoot corner threes. Like if you're open, shoot it, you know? And I think I did end up hitting one in Utah. And I, I just don't like, I don't like to force the issue. So I only would really shoot if I was open. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- this off season, you know, I've worked with Chip uh, before we left for Team USA stuff. Chip and I were working for like three, four weeks straight, kind of revamping, not revamping my mechanics, but uh, just tweaking a few things. Because he was saying, Drew, you have a great shot as it is. Um, my consistency was just a little bit off because I had a flatter shot. Like I had a super straight shot, um, but it was just really flat at times. And so we worked on my mechanics and kind of changed a few things. To me, it feels like a whole different shot, but it really isn't when you look at it on video. But I've I've been able to uh, just get more arc on it and be way more consistent, uh, especially from three. And so that's, that's been my main thing is just being able to knock down a catch and shoot three. And honestly, when I step in the gym, I, it, things have changed a little bit in the past few days with Doug McDermott and Brent Forbes and, and that. But before that, when I stepped in the gym, I felt like I was the best shooter in there. And that may sound how it sounds to people, but it's just how it is. I mean, nah, uh, man, bro, I mean, Ty, Ty, you know, I shot hundred percent for a reason, right? Yeah. Minimum two. <laughs> attempts, bro. You're the highest percentage shooter in the league, dude. The best shooter in the league. Better than Steph Curry. <laughs> don't ever drop that either. Like, don't let yeah. them forget that. Seriously, man. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like it, like it, I know people like to talk themselves up, but like, like that's just been my main thing I've been working on. And, uh, I've always been able to shoot. I just never liked to force the issue, and it just wasn't my place to shoot and take shots away from, you know, DeMar, L.A., Rudy, guys like that. But, you know, we have a completely different team this year. Uh, there's going to be a lot more opportunities coming up this next year for guys to step up and uh, expand their games. And, you know, I just try to get better every single year. I've done that since I've started playing basketball and since I was a freshman in high school. And so I don't see why uh, I can't continue to get better and, and work on my game. So speaking of your shot, I do got to ask, because you are the king of the hook shot. Mm-hmm. How, how did that become it? How did it become that you were just amazing at the hook shot? So when I first started playing basketball my freshman year, I was like really bad. <laughs> I, had, I had never watched basketball before. I had never really touched a basketball before unless it was PE and we were doing basketball that day. Um, and so I didn't know the rules. I didn't know anything. Like, but I was just, I was 6'5". I was the tallest kid in my high school. And so I started playing basketball. Uh, and, you know, I was, was kind of athletic for only being a baseball player. And I only got, I, and I kept getting more and more athletic as, like, I kept playing basketball. And I, and I like, I, look, I mean, I'm not going to lie, like, when I first started playing, I looked like a baby giraffe, like, running around. Like, I was so, I was, I was so clumsy. Yeah. I had no idea, like, I showed up to my first open gym wearing, like, a pair of high-top Air Force Ones that were, like, bright red. <laughs> and they were size 15. Like, I didn't even own a pair of basketball shoes. I didn't, I didn't know shit. And so, my coach in high school, and I, I'm never going to forget this, because somehow, some way, he was able, he, he saw something in me that nobody else would have been able to see. Um, and he was just like, Drew, you're going to be great. You're going to be a great player. I can see it. You have all the tools. He's like, if you just like master this hook shot, 
I'm telling you, with your size, length, all this, like nobody's going to be able to stop it. People just don't shoot it anymore because it's not the flashy thing to do. But if you get this down, like you're going to be able to go D1, and who knows, you could even go to the NBA. And and so like, I kind of took that with a grain of salt. I was like, okay, like he could just be blowing smoke on my ass just to get me to play, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. So he wanted me to shoot a hundred, uh, yeah, hundred hook shots a day. Um, left hand, right hand, just all over the place, running hooks, this and that, just play around with it, get comfortable. And so that's what I did for a while. I just shot, like, when I would go and shoot on my own, I would just shoot 100 hook shots a day. And then it just, it, I kept shooting it, I kept getting better, it kept being, like, my go-to, you know, high school, you know, a lot of times, especially in Oregon, there's nobody over 6'2", that's a center, like, I, and I was 6'10", as a senior, so I was able to get that shot off easy. And so I just kept doing it. And then as I got to college, should have kept working. And, and then I started implementing the running hook and like people just couldn't guard it. And I started using a heavy ball. Um, they make these like spalding heavy balls that are like three pounds or whatever. But then I started using that. And then I was able, after using that, I was able to like expand out to like, there was a point like in college where I was able to shoot like a running hook three and like consistently make it in practice but not like not like that was on my own but not like in a in an actual practice for somebody guarding me but like i got to dial down that that much and so it's just always been one of those things that it's worked for me so why would i stop like i rarely get it blocked um unless some guy's like a freak athlete or i bring it out in front of him but it's still like i feel like every big man who should have be i mean everybody needs to shoot nowadays quote unquote but um, it's a great move and it's really, it's really hard to stop. So, so speaking of, I, I don't know, are you, uh, are you a big anime fan or have you ever heard of, uh, One Punch Man? Uh, I think I've heard, of, isn't that the ball guy? Yeah, uh, exactly. So like, I've only really watched like Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Super or whatever. I started watching that okay, on the well, road a little bit this year, but I've never, I've I think I've only seen clips of like One Punch Man on like Instagram or something. Well, like what what you mentioned about in regards to uh, to training, like the the fact that you, you're running like hundred uh, the hundred drills here and there, like that's exactly what One Punch Man Saitama says. So it was like when you said that, I was like, oh, this guy's Drew Banks is basically Saitama because you have to do a hundred hundred drills every <laughs> single time here and there. Um, so my question, uh, my question was is was more in regards to like. Um, we know that you play, you play COD, uh, you know, we've even seen the front <laughs> yeah. line. Um, so what would be your like go-to build, uh, for Warzone? Um, uh, right now they've nerfed a lot of guns, you know, Activision is in, Hell yeah. they're losing a lot of fans right now, but that's a whole other story. But, uh, <laughs> the game's kind of weird the way that they nerf guns and they nerf stuff. But right now I'm running, uh, a gr- the growl. Because I like that. I think it got like a buff a few, a week ago or so. So it's been really good for me. And then my secondary, I really like uh, the AK-74U. Okay. Uh, nice. Off meta, dude. Uh, off meta, yeah, I like, to be, I like to veer off from meta. I don't like to be with running every, everything that everybody else is running. But that, and then sure. I have the heartbeat sensor, Semtex. And I think I do like uh, EOD, Ghost, after I get the AK-74. 
Mm-hmm. You, I usually, I usually don't. I usually only run ghosts, and then if I can't get a second loadout, I still have ghosts in my AK seventy four. And then I forgot. I think what's the one that makes you switch fast? For the uh, amped. Yeah. Amped. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Sick. Yeah. Awesome. Um. So this is like, like we're gonna bounce around a little bit here from like Call of Duty to like real That's questions. Cool. That's a real question, but like, <laughs> yeah. so this one They're is like, <laughs> this one I guess like I've been noticing a lot recently. Um, not just not. This isn't even about you. This is just kind of like a player's yeah. perspective that I'd like some info on. Um, yeah. How do y'all handle um like if you or a teammate say had a bad night? Um, how do y'all handle the uh the load? that comes along with social media, like, like, uh, kind of the influx of like bad tweets or whatever, you know, kind of stuff thrown at your way. Like even, you know, most people kind of hide it by like, not really saying the player's name, but some people just straight up at players, you know? So do y'all just like shoulder it? Do y'all just avoid it altogether? Do you try to stay out of it? Or, um, how do y'all just handle stuff like that? Cause there's a lot of pressure that comes with it. I'm sure. Yeah, there is. Um, you know, I think every guy deals with it a different way. Uh, some guys may, like, I, personally, I would never know unless somebody said something about it. Um, I, no, there's been a couple times where I, but it's been particularly bad. And I can think about sometimes during this past year where it's been particularly bad for some people. But you never really know what's going on. Like, guys are pretty, like, keep stuff close to the chest. I mean, I can only speak for me. Um, yeah, that's a tough question because, like, obviously, pe- I don't know what it is. I don't know if people, when they tweet stuff, they think that the players or people just aren't going to see it or what they're saying or they're just saying stuff out to avoid. But it's just, I, I just can't really wrap my head around, like, and it's – I've never seen women do this, but it's like grown ass men who just, <laughs> yeah. who, who like legit have like day jobs and kids and like wives and stuff. And their idea of fun or whatever oh, is man. to go online and to just like bash, you know, I'm 24 years old guy. There's other guys on the team who are 18, 19. I mean, we saw the other day what happened. Yeah. Guys are just bashing like an 18 year old who hasn't done anything. Oh, God, you're talking. Um, so, like, <laughs> It's just so weird. Like people, it, all I can really say is it's probably just like immaturity and through these like adults who usually like will hide behind, you know, Spurs fan 54 or, yeah. you know, <laughs> Keldon Johnson's burner account or whatever they're at. <laughs> you know, like, That's great. Who, who, just, who just say who these keyboard warriors who like don't have anything else going for them. So I, I try to ignore it, but you know, it is tough because you know, nobody likes to hear or see anything bad being said about them. And it's like, it's not like we're trying to play bad. You know, it's not like every, everybody has an off game or whatever. Like we're all human. This is my job. Like I don't tweet about what so-and-so does in his cubicle where he missed the deadline for the report, you know? So I, I know, I know what it's, what comes with having this platform. It's what comes with, you know, uh, being a professional NBA player, it sucks. You got to deal with it. Um, but then again, these people aren't, uh, you know, I'm not, th- these people, 99% of the people who tweet stuff will never come out of their shadows and say something if they see you at 
H-E-B or whatever it may be on the yeah, street. Yeah, so. 100%. And like, uh, uh, that question just came kind of from seeing it recently. I mean, you know, like, maybe the pick isn't like what everyone thought it would be, but we're all pretty excited about it at this point. Yeah. Um, but generally, I mean, you know, you know, I, and I'm guilty of it. Like, uh, I'm 23. I'm still kind of learning uh, the maturity aspect of life and, you know, um, how to react to stuff better and how to contain my emotions on Twitter. But you're right. No, we see people who are, you know, 30s, 40s going on there behind, uh, you know, uh, Becky Hammond burner 27. And it's like yeah. just absolutely dumping on players. And, um, you know, uh, us younger guys are a little, you know, we may take part in it every now and then, probably not to the severity of others, but um, just sleep well knowing that some of us are, out there at least trying to stick up for y'all a little bit but yeah, yeah, yeah. great answer great insight because we don't get insight to that no one ever really talks about it you know yeah no and like it it it's crazy too because like especially recently with you know i'm i'm excited with all the people that we signed and stuff and for sure i'm looking forward to this next year because it's a completely different new team and i i told ty this is like i haven't been following nba free agency enough besides these past three years to know how the Spurs have been in, in free agency and stuff, but this is new. They haven't signed and traded and done this much stuff in the past 72 to 48 hours in the, yeah. in the past like decade. Have they? Yeah, no, no, no. This is, this no. is like new, new to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited with all the people coming in and, and, you know, we have, a, it's, it, they're going to be really competitive practices and really competitive for um, playing time. I've been talking to my fiance about this recently. Like, it, it's just crazy because like people just tweet these things and you see it and you try to avoid it, but you know, it's still there and it's still like just negative stuff like that you're just talking about. Like people have like NBA players, like they have families, they have people who who see this stuff mm-hmm. that think it, maybe it's verbatim. Like they just don't know. Like they're like, oh, is he really? He's really getting cut. Like he's really yeah anymore. I'm like, bro. Like, no. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like, you're not an ex. You don't. You don't know what's going on behind nobody. Nobody knows what's going on. We've gotten some office people. We've gotten some insight with the family thing too. A lot the past couple seasons because I don't know if you've noticed, but Derek White's dad is extremely active on Twitter, and he's kind of a big part of our community now. But uh. Yeah, no, he gets out there. He's kind of is a living example of what you're talking about. You know, he, he gets out there in the trenches a little bit for Derek, and it's awesome to see, honestly. Yeah. Well, shit, I didn't know that. I got to look out for that. Yeah, it, it's just crazy that, like, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. But, like, just because you watch first take at <laughs> 9 a.m. on every weekday doesn't make you, like, a basketball expert. Doesn't necessarily mean you need to, like, you, if you listen to Stephen A, no, not even Stephen A. If you listen to Max Kellerman, oh, <laughs> you man. don't really need to have like an opinion. <laughs> you don't really know what's going on. Then just like, yeah, it, it's frustrating, but it's, it is what it is, and you just you got to power through it. But that's what that's how we live in today's age. And going to more of a positive route, what are some of the what are some of the positives that from the, this Spurs fan base? Because you tend to be a fan favorite among people, just because you are a guy that came out, came from a two-way contract, undrafted, to having a full full deal, and also you just kind of you have make the effort plays. It just how has been the what's been the positive aspect from the fan base that you've seen? Yeah, um, I mean, like for every 
negative thing I see about me, there's at least 20 or 30, like, we're excited for you next year. Like, can't mm-hmm. wait to see you play. Like, you always bring the toughness. You always bring physicality. We love that. We love watching you play. Yes, um, Antonio loves their, I, their big guys. I, I, go, I go to HEB. I went to HEB last night. And then when I got back, or while I was there, there was a guy who's like, oh, what's up, Gruda Tower? <laughs> and it just like just people coming out and, and saying stuff and then when i got home I, I was on instagram and i had like three or four messages being like hey um got too nervous didn't want to say anything but excited to see you play next year really love you guys are in san antonio like it, there's just a, a lot of like great spurs fans and you know and they they've been great fans for a long time um and that's what really like makes me feel good and i've been uh, before I hadn't really like responded to people on social media, even like people who were like saying, Oh, what's up? Like, great job. Oh, open to see you next year. But like, you know, with, there's a lot of negativity going on right now. And I just kind of was like thinking, I'm like, you know what? I need to like reward this. And I need to like message these people back and like, be like, Hey, like, thank you for your support. I appreciate it. Like, you know how much it means to me. So just trying to spread positivity and, um, just get in the right mindset, you know. Because awesome. first fans are great. Like I like they're they're unbelievable. They've been they went through a lot this past everybody's been through a lot these past two years, but to see the way that they showed out when we were able to have fans again was awesome. So let's let's kind of rewind and go back to your beginnings because you because like you said, you got into you got into basketball late because you were a baseball player before you played basketball. Yeah. I hated running. So I didn't want to play basketball. <laughs> And so, so why was it, why was baseball kind of your sport before that? Well, I was like extremely skinny as a kid. So, cause I didn't really eat as often as I should have, like I was really picky. So if I didn't like something, I just wouldn't eat. Um, and so I couldn't really play football cause I probably would have got hurt playing football. And then baseball was the only other sport that my dad really knew anything. He, he knew football and baseball and that was pretty much it. And so. I just played baseball as young as you could and kept playing. I was really good. And I just, yeah, I don't know. I just kept playing baseball. And that's, how, that's pretty much how, how it started. And the only reason I started playing basketball was because I was at McDonald's one day, uh, my freshman year. And some guys walked in and they, they were on the basketball team and they're like, well, what's your name? Like, what high school do you go to? And I'm like, I go to Reynolds, like right down the street. And they're like, are you on the basketball team? Like, are you going to try out this year? I'm like, uh, no, I don't, I don't play basketball. And even if I did, I probably wouldn't make the team because I, like, I just don't know anything about basketball. And he's like, no, Drew, you're the tallest kid in our school. You're six, five. There's no way you're not making the basketball team. And I'm like, all right. So I go home. I talk to my dad. I'm like, do you think I should play basketball? I kind of want to do something else. And you know, these guys think I'm going to make the team and stuff. And my dad's like, yeah, I mean, might as well. Like, you could play, see if you like it. If at the end of the day, if you don't like it, running up and down the court will just get your legs stronger for baseball, for pitching. And so that's the reason I started playing baseball or basketball was just to get my legs stronger for pitching. And then the more I caught on, the more I learned, the more I enjoyed it. Um, I just kept falling in love with it. You eventually went to you went to Oregon State, and yep. how long? How many years was that again? I just can't think of the top of my head. Uh, three years. So you go three years, and then you enter the draft, and just 
since we just went through the whole draft process this this season, this off season, what was it in the aspect of a, being a player going into the to the draft? Uh, it was a little bit nerve wracking doing the pre draft workouts, but um, like with teams and stuff. But when I left Oregon State, I was I was really sure that that's what I wanted to do. Um, I had had I had a lot of interest my first year at Oregon State. Honestly, kind of doing the same thing that I'm doing now, just being like a rim runner, athletic, dunking the ball, um, setting screen. Like, I didn't really get as many post-ups my freshman year because we had other, like, seniors and stuff who got shots first. But So I started out having some, like, real interest out of, um, out of the gate at Oregon State my first year where I was looking at, like, I know you can take mock drafts for a grain of salt. Some of them had me going, like, 38th and this was before you could enter the draft and pull your name out so i couldn't i if i wanted to get drafted or anything i couldn't really test the waters and work out for teams and whatnot so that was when i first had uh interest and then kept getting better and then after my junior year i was pretty set on on leaving because i felt like i had done everything that i could at oregon state and I didn't necessarily think that me going back for another year was going to help my development the way that an NBA season would. And I felt like I had a chance and I, and I, and I felt like if I just got my foot in the door and worked out in front of these teams that they could really see like the whole side of me. And so that was my mindset leaving Oregon state after my third year. And so when I finally did start working out for teams, San Antonio was my first workout and I kid you not, we're working out. We're playing like three on three or something. And five minutes into us playing three on three, some, I forgot who I was going up against. Some, the other big there, I go up for a rebound. He like comes down, swipes down on my hand, trying to get the ball and like pulls my thumb down. And I tear a ligament in my thumb. Oh, it's like five minutes into the workout. And I didn't really, I didn't, think anything of it because like my adrenaline was going and but i just knew it hurt so i just thought i jammed my finger mm-hmm. and so i'm going on the rest of the workout like 30 minutes go by and i'm still playing and i'm like damn my thumb fucking hurts like what the hell like but i just think i jammed it so i'm not thinking anything of it so i go on for another 30 minutes we work out we finally get a break and i have the ball in my hand and i'm looking down at and like i'm i'm like squeezing the ball with my hand with both hands and I'm looking down I'm like damn this ball feels like it like doesn't have any air in it and it's yeah. like like out like it just feels like I'm able to like squeeze it and I look down and my left hand on my thumb is like going out to the side because oh, there's like no there's like a ligament that's not there that's like supposed to hold it up and like yeah. my thumb is going a weird way and I'm like oh shit and so I go over to the trainer I'm like hey I think something's wrong with my hand and I like move my thumb down with my other hand, and he's like, "Uh, yeah, there's something wrong." And so we go, we go across the street. So I have to end the end the workout. I go across the street to the to the hospital. I get MRIs and stuff, and the doctor comes back, and he's like, "Uh, yeah, you actually uh, tore this ligament in your hand. You're going to need surgery." And I'm like, "There's no fucking way." Yeah, I, I can get surgery right now. Like, I just left college. Like, I just hired an agent. Like, I have like eleven more workouts I need to go do, and this is my first one. There's no way. Like, I can't have surgery. 
And so it's funny too. I, I just remember this too. So I'm in there. It was the very first workout that San Antonio had had and I was there and Manu walks in and I'm like, just talk to the doctor and I'm so pissed. Like I'm like contemplating my whole life. Yeah. And Manu walks in. He's like, Oh, Hey guys, how you doing? He's meeting everybody. And like, not to sound any certain way, but like at the, at the moment, like I just like, didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, can't even enjoy like meeting fucking Manu Ginobili because I'm just so in my head about what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. And so I end up going back to LA uh, where I was working out and where I was staying. And I, and I got a second opinion and I got another MRI from another doctor. And he had said that uh, I had actually uh, partially toured it. So it was like three quarters of the way torn. He's like, you can still play, but you're going to need to wear like a, a brace on your hand for a while. So I ended up wearing a brace on my hand. Next two workouts went like shit because I had this big brace on my hand. But I mean, at least I was able to still go work out. And then I kept doing rehab and stuff. And by like my fourth or fifth workout, I was able to like, and this is like two weeks later, maybe three weeks. Like, and I was just constantly doing treatment. I was able to just like tape up my hand and play. And the rest of the way for like my last six workouts, I was able to um, have great workouts. And I ended up going back to San Antonio because they I in that 30 minutes that I was playing with a torn ligament in my thumb, I was actually like killing the guy I was going up against. Um I was doing really well. And so they wanted me back for a second workout. And during that one I, I, I did great too. And um yeah, I mean the rest is history for me. But it it's definitely a process. Like my, my agent did a great job of timing out the workouts where I did all my West Coast trips first and then my last six they were all East coast. So it was like workout one day, fly the next workout with another team, fly the next. Um, but it was a grind. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like it's, it's tough. Like you, you go in for physicals, every single workout. It's, a, and it's an all day thing. It's playing against guys you never played against also playing with guys you never played against. So you're a lot of your results are sort of based off of these people. You're just meeting for the first time and playing with and have no chemistry with. So, there's a lot that goes into it, for sure. And then you you go undrafted, and I just I don't know how it would ever feel, but you what was going through your mind whenever your name just didn't get called on draft night? I was a little bummed out. I wasn't when so when I had left college, I wasn't even like getting drafted wasn't even like kind of in my mind. Like yeah, it was a goal. Like I wanted to get drafted, but my main goal coming out was uh, getting a two way. I felt like getting a two way was very attainable for me um and you know if i had to spend a year in the g league if i didn't do whatever i knew if i just play i knew i was better than a lot of guys that were saying that they were better than me and, and this and that just based off what they they did in college because college doesn't really it, sometimes it doesn't really equate to much but that was my goal was getting a two-way and so i go and drafted but since I had really good workouts with the Spurs and they liked me, they're like, hey, you can come in for, um, you, we want to have you on our summer league team. And so I, I'm getting ready for that. And we have our first summer league practice. And I'm like all over the place, bro. Like I'm blocking shots, running for lobs, running the floor, being physical, you know, doing a lot of the same shit I'm doing now. And after the first practice, they were like, okay, we want to offer you an exhibit 10. Like we want you to come to training camp. And so after that, play summer league. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. You know, there's still like open gyms and stuff in 
September and everything. And I come back for those open gyms and I play really well too. You know, Jakob's there um, playing against him. And uh, it was funny. We had like, uh, who were some other guys for open gym my first year? Like uh, Mario Chalmers was there. There were a bunch of like Nick Johnson. There were a bunch of like guys. I, I didn't really understand how open gyms worked, but they, they were just a bunch of guys that came in just to play who were like in town for whatever reason. And so I ended up playing really well there. And uh, based off my performance in summer league and how I was doing open gyms against like NBA guys, they offered me the two year two way. And, um, and I, I got my goal. That's, that's what I, that's what I set out for. Um, I did think I was going to get drafted after having really good workouts for teams. Um, but at the end of the day, that wasn't necessarily my goal. Um, my goal was just to get a foot in the door and then, you know, keep moving up from there, keep getting better. And then two, then two years later, you get a, you go into free agency after two, two year, two years on a two way deal. And you get a, you get a full contract. Just how was that feeling last off season? It was great, man. Like it was just, uh, it just felt like rewarding for the pat for the two years that I was on the two way. Um, I think the two way was good for me um in a lot of ways and you know it kept me uh wanted to get take that next step get that next get the contract do this do that and it was just it was very rewarding to you know see that all the hard work I'd put in over the past two years going back and forth from Austin you know it's really being a two-way is not easy and even being a G League player is not easy like it's 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 the southwest flights at 5 30 in the morning it's you know hey we need you never mind you're in sioux falls right now we know you just got there at 11 but we actually need you here tomorrow for the game so you fly out to boston from sioux falls and then you're making connections all over the place but it just it just was at the end of the day it was just really rewarding um to be able to to get that um, and to really feel like I was, you know, I had always felt like I was a part of the team, but then it really like solidified, like, okay, like I'm here, like I'm an NBA player now, even though I was, but in my head, that's just how I thought about it. Yeah. So, um, I heard you mention just kind of like, I heard you slip in the term, uh, kind of like basketball culture and stuff. Um, just like coming from baseball, how different is basketball culture than baseball culture? Because I'm not someone who's too ingrained in the baseball scene or whatever. I'm like a casual Raiders fan. How much different is it? It's extremely different. It's hard to describe, but like, I feel like basketball culture is a lot more like together. Like it's a lot more team oriented. I know like playing in high school baseball, like, there's you kind of got to be a dick to play like and have like thick skin to play baseball because like that's just the I don't know how to describe it but it's just like kind of the culture like kind of like like there's a lot of cockiness in baseball with at least from what I experienced uh and so I kind of I I can't not cocky but like I'm a big bullshitter and Mm -hmm. like I like mess with people kind of to the point to where they're like getting sick and tired of me um (laughs) And that's and that's kind of how like baseball is like you you kind of like just kick people when they're down and they're still your teammates and you're still playing together but it's kind of like the you have to have really thick skin to play baseball it, at least from what my high school and middle school experience but it's a lot, it's a lot different 
but I, I tend to side more with basketball culture, but I, I mix in a little, uh, bullshit here and there. Yeah. Especially with your, uh, your bench mob antics, dude, you're on the best bench mob in the league by far, <laughs> dude, by far. Oh yeah. That's right. Continuing on kind of like the culture. I know that, uh, you know, you've played a lot with, with some of these, these guys that come up from the G league, you know, for example, Keldon, Derek, DeJounte. So how does it feel to have like a teammate slash friend in the Olympics right now with Keldon being in there? Yeah, we've talked, we've talked a couple of times on FaceTime and stuff. Uh, it's just, it's just crazy, bro. Like I think about, um, like, bro, it's a fucking gold medal. Like it's not like, I know it's like, um, like the world cup or whatever, like Derek played in two years ago. Like that, that, like, that's a big deal too. Like that's still team USA. Like people, like a lot of big time names like show up for that stuff but like this shit only happens four years like every four years and like you think about yeah. how some people don't even get the chance to have a gold medal like you think like how hard an NBA championship is like that you some people don't even make that team and so he's I know he's extremely thankful too uh, I mean he's gonna get a lot of off the court like he's an Olympian you know he's gonna he, hopefully in what do they play like in an hour or so? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I hope that I hope they win gold, and you know, I'm I, I'm rooting for Patty, but I'm also <laughs> rooting for, there's there's more guys on there's more guys on the San Antonio side on uh, for Team USA that I'm rooting for. So for sure, uh, and it's gonna be it's gonna be great for him off the court too, with because he's gonna be an Olympian. Like there's gonna be more opportunities for you know commercials and things of that nature which is going to be awesome for him speaking of pat speaking of patty who is he's now going to go join the nets this offseason as reported but yeah. i um, whenever i interviewed you back in the g league like two years ago you said that patty mills was like one of your biggest influences as a teammate just uh re- just recount your time with patty mills so far in your career ever since i got there like when i when i first like signed with Santana, i signed the two-way and i knew i was coming in i was thinking like Damn, like I'm playing with DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, LaMarcus Aldridge, like Patty Mills, like these are some big time name guys. Like they're not just your average NBA Joes, like they're all stars. I mean, Patty wasn't, but like he's still like a predominant like name in the league. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking coming in, I was like, damn, these guys are about to be fucking dicks. Like they're about to be, <laughs> they're about to be like. <laughs> They're not even going to pay pay me the time of the day because I'm just coming in. I'm a two way player. Oregon State have I have no no sort of glitz and glam about me. You know I, I'm going to be their teammate, but they might not even talk to me in the locker room. And that I couldn't be further from the truth when I got there. Like and I, you go down the line from Demar, Rudy, L.A., um, Patty. These guys all welcomed me in with like open arms, and it was like actually shocking to me. Because, uh, and it just goes to show you, like, that Spurs culture, like, that's, like, a real big thing. You guys know, you guys have been following the Spurs. Like, they'd much rather have the great locker room guy, the um, great off-the-court guy. Maybe he's, he, he's um, you know, less talented, less of a risk or something. But they, they love team guys, and culture is a huge thing um, with the Spurs. And just going back and forth from Austin to San Antonio, I didn't know. There was a point during my rookie season where I didn't know which way was up because I was traveling so much. And sometimes I'd be with that San Antonio, Austin, 
And I remember asking him, bro, I'm like, you know, I, I'm happy I'm on a two-way and stuff, but, you know, how, how do I, like, become an NBA player? Like, what's something you can tell me? I know, I know you haven't really seen me play that much, but, like, what's something you could tell me that, like, they would want from me or they, they want to see at me to where I can keep getting better, I keep moving forward? And he was just basically telling me what I'm doing today is if you just set hard screens, roll, rebound, you know, play good defense and just hustle. Like you're, you're going to be an NBA player and you're going to find your way on this team. Like, and he, he was always, um, the coffee game kind of started to die down a little bit because we had certain guys leave and then COVID we weren't able to do some stuff. But my first year, it was as soon as you got off the plane in new city, Patty, Bryn, Dobbs, um, belly. Uh, and then Patty invited me, uh, go to a coffee spot, go to like a local coffee spot. that's really good. And just BS and just hang out and get to know one another. And we did, and then go out to dinner later or whatever. And so that's what I'm saying. Like I was actually shocked when like Patty would somehow got my number, would text me, Hey, we're going to such and such restaurant. Like, come on, let's go. And like, I'd be with Bryn and, and Dobbs and them. And just be like, they really welcomed me into the team and like made me feel like I was not just a, two-way who didn't have a voice or didn't really belong like they made me feel like i was just as part of the team as they were now are you planning to continue coffee gang yeah i'm gonna continue it damn if we ever could get out and do stuff (laughs) like um this next year i I want to shit who is it who would be on the coffee gang this year besides me trey trey jones he he's into it Bryn's back too so yeah Bryn. oh yeah he might be i might not even be leading it he might be uh Keldon, yeah, he'll do whatever I say. But yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. Patty just has that way about him where he, he it's really hard to say no to Patty. Yeah. And he so um so hopefully I can convince everybody and we can get the get that shit going again. It'll never be the same, but it'll be it'll be new. It's new new Spurs. New Spurs is next year. Yeah, y'all gotta uh, restart that Matt Bonner flannel club, man. New era. Oh, yeah. we do, flannel we Fridays, do dude. Flannel Fridays. We flannel Fridays. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that Bomber started that, but that's it, yeah. Wear flannels on Fridays. I got in trouble because sometimes I didn't realize what day of the week it was, and I just wear a flannel whenever I felt like it on like Tuesday. And mm-hmm. Derek would always yell at me for <laughs> for wearing a flannel. He's like, "It's not even Friday." And I'm like, "Shit, bro! I just wanted to wear it. It was my closet. I didn't. I don't really, I don't really try that hard for the pregame picture, so." So yeah. who who would be the I guess you could say who would have the most drip as the kids say or like swag out of all the guys? Is it Patty? I mean, because Patty uh, seems like he's the one that yeah. This past, this past year, it'd probably be um, Patty or Rudy. Oh um, man, Rudy. Yeah, Ru- yeah, Ru- yeah. You want to call it drip? He he he's reaching some <laughs> with some of the stuff, but I mean, he he pulls it off better than I probably would. So. <laughs> so uh, actually, talking about this last season, what was like? Because I know it was a weird season. But luckily, you had some previous seasons as experience. What was one of your favorite moments this past season? I think I think a little selfishly for me, my, my favorite moment was when we went to Phoenix, and you know we had guys, you know we had that BS schedule where it was we play once and one every other yeah. day, sometimes back to back. But it got to the point where we needed a rest. Like I think Demar, Dejounte, Jakob, I think probably Patty too. 
and we went to Phoenix, and you know, everybody was like, okay, these guys, Phoenix is about to just kill these guys. And we flipped the script on them, and we ended up blowing them out at their place, and it was like crazy. And I started, and I had a great game, and that was just really fun. I feel like that game, looking forward to the future, especially now, like in the direction that we're going, it kind of it, it makes me excited because I know, like those were all young guys that we were playing. Like they were, um, I think Rudy was playing too, probably. But you know what I'm saying? Like it was kind of like that youth movement or whatever you want to call it that everybody's been dying for. Um, and we and we were able to play and play really well. And, and shit, they were up two games on Milwaukee in the finals. And you know there was another game where we didn't. When Milwaukee came to our place, and we scored like the most points we've ever scored, like, fucking ever, right? Like, in a game, you know, uh, or in a half. And we were down a couple guys there, too, and I was able to come in and contribute. So those were probably the best moments for me, personally. And, Sweet. And I, oh, go ahead, Ty. You don't, you don't have to talk about this. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but – you you got you got hit hard with COVID early on the season. I just I kind of I just wanted to see if you wanted to recount that. You don't have to if you don't want to though. No, I mean it was just it was crazy, bro. Like the I feel like the NBA started off like with their rules kind of like kind of loo- a loose a little bit, and then like with the masks, like we didn't have to wear masks on the bench and stuff, um, and things like that. And but you, they were still strict in certain areas, but. Like, traveling, like, I, I'm not, like, an anti-masker or a whatever you want to call it. Uh, where I would always just follow the rules and try to, like, you know, it sucked, but everybody has to go through it. Like, I was a big proponent of having the season in the first place because I didn't want to take a financial hit. And I knew that if we just got through this season, it would, you know, next season, now we're back on schedule. So um, it, it was going to be tough regardless, but... I followed all the rules. I social distanced. I had my mask on when I was supposed to. Somehow, some way, me and Becky, who honestly I didn't talk to Becky that whole tri- that whole LA trip. There was never a time where Becky and I were face to face where one of us wasn't wearing a mask, talking, and somehow we both get COVID. And and I just moved into my house too. It was already a long road trip, and so I had to stay in L.A. for, I think I was there for like two weeks total because we were already there for four days as it was, and I ended up getting COVID, and it was, it was terrible. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it, it was just crazy. I, I still to this day don't know how I got it. Everybody doesn't know how I got it. It was in between games when I tested positive. So I think we played the Clippers for the first game and then the Lakers a day after that or something. And so I didn't play against the Clippers. So we, so me and the young guys and other guys who hadn't played, we went to the arena to play three on three because that's normally what you do if you don't play or you don't um, you don't play a lot of minutes. You got to go in the next day and get shots up and you know like keep your conditioning up and whatever. And so that day in between, I played three on three against multiple guys who didn't play. Trey, Devin. Trey Lyles, all of them, we're all playing. And, you know, sweating, competing, you know, breathing on each other. And then four hours later, when we get back to the hotel at like seven o'clock at night, they're like, I get a call from the train. He's like, hey, Drew, you need to stay in your room. You tested positive. We're rerunning it again to see if it was a false positive or whatever. Um, and then they had, those guys had to stay in their room too. 
Um, but they all tested negative. But it's just crazy. Like, I don't know who I got it from in L.A. or who Becky and I got it from. But it's just crazy. I was like, damn, like, if I have it, there's going to be at least six or seven other people on this team who've had it because we, we're in a small locker room doing this. We're playing against each other. There's no way. But luckily, nobody else tested positive <laughs> that time. But whatever started it when we were in Charlotte, damn, they took out the whole team. That shit yeah. was great. Um, so to touch on that, uh, you, like I read at least a little bit in the news that um, you know Von Miller from the Broncos had it. And he's like a specimen of a human, right? And yeah. he had lasting effects for like over a year. He still has them today and has to use an inhaler. Uh, if you can say, do you have any lasting effects? Do you notice any from it? No. The only thing that's still bothering me um, is nothing breathing-wise, thank God, or like mm-hmm. my heart or anything. Like, all oh, that's good. Like, certain things taste. Like, I'd say my, I lost my taste and smell for like three or four weeks. Oh, and it came back, but it's like I'd say it's like ninety-five percent back. Where like certain things just don't taste the same way that they usually do, like or like they used to. So I was just in Mexico. I had uh, Sprite, and for whatever reason, Sprite tastes like like ground beef. It tastes what? like meat. It's so weird. And like Pepsi and Coke, they taste like pepper, and what like heck, certain man? smells like. My dog's breath don't doesn't already smell that good, but like it smells like dirt to me, and it used to smell like something else. But it smells like if I just grabbed some dirt from outside and sniffed it. That's strange. It's like, it, yeah, it's just so weird. Like I don't even know how to describe it. Like why Sprite tastes like meat? Like I can't even have Sprite because <laughs> it tastes like fucking ground beef. That's awful, dude. Uh, but that's that. Those are the only effects I have. Like I know I didn't know Von Miller was still having problems. I know Jason Tatum. That's always been in the news. He's still struggling with stuff, but it's just it's just crazy. But I'm I'm for, I'm very fortunate. Well, I'm glad to hear that you don't have any of the lung or heart things because I know that 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 was happening. It, it's crazy to hear like like people that are built like that, like Von Miller saying that he he had never used an inhaler before, and now it's like, oh, I'm on an inhaler. Like a rescue inhaler is always by me. That is just yeah. shocking. I mean, I guess you got off kind of easy. It sucks if you love Sprite, but. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, kind of going away from COVID just a little bit. <laughs> what do you guys, uh, when you guys are, you know, sometimes you'll have an extended stay at, you know, in a certain city or area. Do you guys do anything to pass the time? Like, are you guys, do you guys do like final, uh, like fi- fantasy football or fantasy basketball and draft each other or, or uh, I know you guys, I know, I know you guys, I know sometimes you'll you'll take your like Xbox or, or sorry PlayStation or whatever. So, but do you guys do anything else aside from that? Like. You know, I used to my. Fr- it, it's it's tough because we haven't really been able to do anything these past year and a half uh, or a season and a half. Uh, I used to my first year. I just like to get out and kind of like explore and just like walk around and see what's going on, uh, especially like the East Coast cities because they're like just the way they're built is so different than like Oregon and California and stuff. Like it's like everything's just like right on top of each other. It's twists and turns all throughout. Um, so it's pretty cool to see like buildings and stuff like that. You know, it, this year it was just mainly like I had a, I had a suitcase full of clothes and I had a suitcase for my PS5 and that's what I brought with me. So I, we didn't, weren't really allowed to leave. So I didn't really, I didn't leave. So we were mainly just playing like call of duty, but yeah, I used to like to get out and, uh, walk around, um, 
I used to, I got on a kick my first year. I really like oysters and like seafood and stuff. Uh, I try to find like uh, the best place with like oysters and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I just try to find like, like Toronto had some really like, they had like a, it was like an oyster bar with like every single kind of oyster you can imagine. I get like 24 of them. Like, I love oysters. I just eat a whole bunch of them. But that, that's ma- mainly what I, I would do when I would just be alone. All right. Since you do live in San Antonio, I got to ask, what's your go-to taco place? Tacos. This is a big endorsement, uh, by the way. Are you going to be mad if I say torches? Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have people spam you. Taco places because torches is just so consistent. And it's just, I think it's, I think it's really good, but I know that's like, I know it's a chain and everything and I'm probably missing out on some other ones. I like torches too, bro. Don't worry. People to spam you to to like, um, the taco joints in, in town. Yeah. Mac, what's your recommendation? You gotta, you gotta give them one. Oh dude. If you ever go, if you ever want breakfast tacos, you gotta go to, um, the original donut shop right on like Jackson. That place is amazing. And their donuts obviously are, are so good. Okay. Yeah, Vance Jackson. Yeah, just keeps telling me to go to Bill Miller's for breakfast tacos. But... Breakfast tacos at Bill Miller's do slap. They are okay. super good. Wow. The, the potato and egg one, it's it's awesome, dude. <laughs> okay. Yeah. A lot of trouble from uh, the donut shop. Just as long as you're not putting ketchup on them like Matt Bonner was. Oh, my God. Oh, no, yeah, no. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't mix ketchup and eggs. That's, a, that's something I don't get into. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's been it's been a great time talking to you. I mean, getting the, you know, getting the inside perspective for you know an nba player and someone that's come up through through you know the g league and especially stayed with the spurs for a while um i mean now you're pretty much considered a a spurs vet at this point like you mm-hmm. you know the culture more yeah. so than a lot of the players so which is crazy um it's just i just want to say we really really appreciate it and uh it's it's been it's been an honor talking to you yeah of course thank you guys for having me you guys have hey, been great anytime man um yeah hopefully uh Someday soon we can run some rebirth or something. I'll show you a thing or two about the gallo, man. <laughs> I'm telling you though. I did, yeah, this thing the gallo's been doing well. I used to do it when it first came out, but then they like nerfed it or, or something. Mm-hmm. But isn't it, isn't it like meta right now, dude? On rebirth, like you can ask Mac over here what I've been doing with it, bro. Like seven, eight kill games just with that running okay. through prison and stuff, dude. I recommend it. It's absolutely ratty. Like it's it's the best type of ratty. You just jump off of a ledge and just absolutely wipe a whole team it's run amazing. it with the throwing knife there's it's deleted <laughs> like you delete the game from their hard drive for them with it man <laughs> and i'm okay. over here i'm over I'll, here I'll, 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 I'll start trying again. heck yeah man for sure all right but again thank you so much drew for doing this um is is there any words of encouragement that you would like to give the fans going into this next season yeah, man. I mean, just we're we're gonna be ready. We got we're gonna have uh, competitive ass practices and a training camp, and I know that's gonna make us better. Um, and we're gonna be hungry because you know the Spurs haven't been young in I don't know like two decades or Ever. something. <laughs> so uh, we're we're excited. Uh, I can't wait till you know Kelvin gets back. Uh, the guys get down to summer league, and we start opening gyms up in like eh, I think like September or something. And we have, and you know, everybody's back, and you know, it's it's gonna be fun. I'm telling you, it's gonna be it's gonna be different, but it's it's it'll be good, different but good. Awesome, man. Yeah. We're excited, man. We're excited. So that does it for this episode of At the Line. 
a big thanks to Drew Eubanks for giving us his time and just having a great time with him in this interview. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at, at the line Pod on Twitter. You can follow me at BTyYeager. You can follow Mac at MacPena. You can follow Nick at Nick Yarbro. So N-I-C-Y-A-R-B-R-O. And make sure to check out At The Line and everywhere else we do it. We are streaming all the time on YouTube and Twitch, so go follow us there. But for Ty, for Mac, Nick, and Drew, this has been At The Line. We'll see you guys next time.